Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Yannick Noah. Hi, this is Yolanda Barron from Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. And I'm very happy to introduce today the Tennis Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Yolanda, for that brilliantly elegant intro there. What a what a wonderful way to start the podcast and what a high bar to set us all uh, for the for the next hour of content that you're about to hear, which will, I'm sure, be significantly less elegant. We are, though, myself, David and Matt, all together, not in the same room, far from it, but together on Zoom, which is what together means these days, isn't it? We are in three different locations, two different countries. Matt, it's Madrid calling. Buenos dias. Uh... <laughs> Well, you've just created a very tough act for David to follow, <laughs> Matt. Well done. Dropped him right in. What it. was it I said to you earlier when I came on here? It was something really weird, David, that I chose to ignore I it. I said it in Italian, didn't I? Mm, I think you said hello, but in a dodgy accent. I said buongiorno. <laughs> mm, it sounded more like Borat than what? What you did then. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> good. It means hello. Does it? Yeah. Hello, oh. good day in Italian. Oh, right. Good. Well, there you are. See? And, and and actually, when we get on to discussing the Davis Cup finals, I've got the Italian group to talk about. So, you know, all fits. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> back to your buenos dias, Matt. <laughs> How are you? How is Madrid? How are all things? Very well, thank you. Yes, I like Madrid a lot. So it's been fun to be here. I have had some technological issues which i've had to solve i've i've made a trip to the apple store in madrid already yeah for for people that weren't weren't already convinced of matt's brilliance please know that today he communicated the words broken headphone jack <laughs> on my macbook <laughs> uh to a to a tech genius in a in a spanish apple store which blows my mind that's, there's fluency and then there's that. And he didn't Matt. do sign language or anything or any sort of, you know, histrionics or weird accents like me. And I must say we're giving this this guy far too much credit calling him a genius because he didn't manage to solve my issue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, They never are actual geniuses, are they? They're always people that go, oh, did you back up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, that is Actually, literally what he Annoying, smug <laughs> rather than a genius. <laughs> 
<laughs> but thanks for all your hard work over the years fixing my fixing the laptops that I've spilt various liquids on. Um, David, how are you? Uh, very well, very well, Catherine. Yeah, J- just thinking about what well, we've got a beeper button, uh, but no, <laughs> I'm, I'm really well and uh, and and delighted to to be talking to Matt in Madrid. Uh, it was Prague the other week, Madrid this week. I don't know. My Solihull hasn't really got, you know, something to compete with it. You know, that doesn't feel quite right. Where does Solihull compete with, David? Uh, Yardley. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe when I record in Reading, it's a sort of a glamour off between Solihull yeah, and Reading. That's right. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, we're all here and we're delighted to be here. Um, I'm presenting so there's nobody to ask how I am but just so you know my washing machine got fixed this morning by an Electrolux engineer who genuinely is a genius and uh, I'm full of the joys of spring as a result it was on a knife edge had he not been able to fix my washing machine my mood would be poor (laughs) because I've run out of underwear I've run out of everything this is is the good mood is it? this is the good mood you're experiencing (laughs) it right now enjoy (laughs) And this is the washing machine which worked a miracle during the US Open so as not yes. to kill your phone. It's a magical washing machine, but apparently it only has 11 months in it before a, a magical Electrolux man has to come and replace the pump. But anyway. Maybe the yes. iPhone killed the, the washing machine. 11 months? Is that just in time for the guarantee? I, I, I paid for the three-year guarantee oh. because everything I own breaks. So we're fine. Happiness. Happiness, happiness all round, I would say. And happiness on a tennis front because the Davis Cup finals kick off tomorrow in three different locations in Madrid, in Turin and in Innsbruck, Austria. Um, There is going to be a lot of tennis happening, isn't there? It's going to be it's going to be tennis central. I'm going to go from I see I thought. I thought the tennis started today, full disclosure, because I felt like Matt's been out in Madrid for days now. Surely the tennis starts. <laughs> Tuned in, tried to find it. No tennis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to be going to, to from 0 to 100 tomorrow because there will be all the tennis from tomorrow. How should we do this? Should we do this by location by group. So each location has two different groups. Each group has three different teams. Shall we go alphabetically? I think we should definitely go by location because alphabetically does not match up with location, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, no, 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 it does because group A and group B, Matt, are in Madrid. Yeah, but then it all goes to pot. Yeah, but we'll we'll start there. Okay. <laughs> so you're starting with Matt. <laughs> starting with Matt, right. who is in Madrid. Um, I mean, you're across all things Davis Cup, aren't you? But obviously, particular particular eyes on Madrid and the two groups that we have there, which are Group A, featuring Spain, Russia, and Ecuador. Are we calling that the Group of Death? Because you can't have a team uh, group competition without a Group of Death, apparently. Uh, it's definitely the group of death in Madrid. Um, <laughs> okay. Because the other group is uh, Sweden, Canada and Kazakhstan. And with mm. with Canada's uh, 
withdrawals, Felix Auger-Aliassime and Denis Shapovalov both not playing, I think that's it's probably the weakest group in the whole competition, to be honest, and, you know, the most wide open for sure. Um, Michael Immer is Sweden's top player, Vasek Pospisil is Canada's top player, and then Kazakhstan might even be the favourites in that group with uh, Alexander Bublik, and obviously they tend to play quite well, in fact, in, in Davis Cup, I think. Kazakhstan so that one is much more open whereas yeah group A with Russia Spain and Ecuador I mean Ecuador <laughs> look it's a tough draw <laughs> I think most draws were going to be tough but that's about as tough as it could possibly get they have one player inside the top 150 and of course we know all about Spain and Russia's power so I think you know that group really is going to be is going to come down to Sunday's match between Russia and Spain which is a sellout oh wow mm. brilliant remind me of the situation there is there are six groups and obviously eight quarterfinal places so the group winners go through what happens with the two remaining quarterfinal spots they go to the two best placed runners-up and best placed is determined by matches and then by sets and then by games. So expect maths to be involved uh, come Sunday. Oh, good. We've just yeah, had two, we've favorite. just had two blooming round robin finals in a row and the <laughs> Billie Jean King a, Cup. A, I can't take it's this. It's a mathsy time of year, isn't it? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, well, it's all on you, Matt. <laughs> what I would say about the. Um, three location format which is obviously new this year is i'm interested to to find out how much it all feels like one tournament and i actually think that will end up being easier perhaps for both of you to feel like it's all one tournament watching on tv and sort of darting across screens i think when you're at the a certain venue you're just totally wrapped up in what's going on in that place and Personally, I'm very, very across what's happening in Madrid. You know, all the press conferences these these last few days and I'll, I'll be watching all the matches in Madrid. But I think it will be harder to get a sense of what's going on in the other groups. Um, so, I'm, But I'm sort of interested to see how that plays out. There are lots of advantages, I think, of, of the three venues. Um, namely, a massive problem with this competition in this new format, which we saw for the first time two years ago, was the schedule. Matches were going on way into the night. Um, and I think with just fewer matches in the same location, they will have solved that, fingers crossed. Um, and also... Tennis will find a way to finish at 3 a.m. now. <laughs> <laughs> Tennis finds a that, way. That is Riley, the most Riley help, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, And also, I think another benefit of this new system is that there are very few matches going on in the mornings. You know, we talked about the Billie Jean King Cup, you know, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's just unreasonable, really, to expect a load of people to be able to attend that. Whereas... Oh, I thought we were going to say it's too... It's it's unreasonable to expect Catherine to be out of bed. (laughs) That too. Have we ever ever had any event uh, over three countries at the same time i don't think we have have we i mean i suppose the closest i mean it's not countries but atp cup was that in different the first version mm. of that different cities yeah. three different cities yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Mm. But yeah, I mean, so one benefit is that most of the tennis starts four o'clock local time everywhere, which, you know, is going on in the afternoon, evening. It's just a better time for people to be able to attend, I think. And then there's morning sessions uh, at the weekend when more people can attend. So I think scheduling wise, I think it will be an improvement. I'm just curious to sort of find out how it all feels, I suppose with the different location. The Spain team are fascinating, aren't they? There's obviously no Rafael Nadal there. They're sort of led out. Their their highest player is Pablo Carreño Busta, but I, I'm imagining that he's getting minimal attention uh, within the Spanish team, media attention, media interest, all the rest of it, because Carlos Alcaraz is there and is evidently speaking very dreamily about what it means to him to be a part of this Spanish team. Incidentally, Feliciano Lopez is also in the team and I'm keen to know if there has ever been a bigger age gap between team members than there is between Alcaraz and Lopez. Yeah, 22 years, the age gap between Feliciano Lopez and Carlos Alcaraz. There is um, Robert Lindstedt is here and he's 44 for Sweden and... um, (laughs) Michael Immer is 23, so that's an age gap of 21. And then I'm I'm, I'm wondering whether Daniel Nestor and Felix Auger-Aliassime maybe have been on a team together for Canada. I could imagine there being a big age gap there. But yeah, it's it's pretty extraordinary. And um, I I was in the Spanish press conference today and Lopez and Alcaraz were sitting next to each other. And I asked Lopez, you know, can you sort of, put into words how special Alcaraz is. You know, I know that's a hard question with him sitting right next to you and, you know, try not to blush or whatever. But, you know, he he was really effusive in his praise for Alcaraz. I think everyone is just so impressed with just how he handles himself at 18. That was sort of what Lopez was trying to get across, on the court, off the court. And there was this lovely moment in the press conference where a journalist in Spanish asked all all five members of the team for a word on Carlos Suarez Navarro and their thoughts on her career and what a special person she is. And a couple of them gave their answers and then, um, you know, they sort of wanted to move on with the press conference. There wasn't sort of time for all of them to give an answer because there were so many journalists still waiting to ask questions. But when Alcaraz was asked a question next, he actually said, Oh, and I'll give you a word on Carlos Suarez Navarro as well. Just Bless. and I, just stuff like oh. that. I think you know is 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 really quite something actually. Not not many players would do that, and I think that's just a little insight into how he gets it and just how mature he is and how nice he is as well. And obviously, he's the number two, as you said. He feels a bit like the number one. So much of the mm. attention is on him. I don't feel like the number one role is really something that suits Pablo Carreño Busta that well. He, he's a he's a fantastic sort of squad player. Um, but actually, the way it's worked out might end up benefiting Spain because, because Carreño Busta will maybe play a match where he's not expected to win, which is perhaps a scenario he likes. And then they've got Alcaraz in the number two position who could just go out there and you know, sort of produce his best tennis and and could secure a point for them in that number two position. So the reason Carreño Busta is number one is because Bautista Agu had to withdraw last minute. So 
They haven't got Nadal. They haven't got Bautista Agu, who are obviously the driving forces of that team when Spain won this this event a couple of years ago. So they are weakened, absolutely. But I, you know, they've still got a very very strong team, and and with Alcaraz part of it, it's going to be it's going to be a great occasion. I think his debut, all eyes on that. Would it be fair to say Russia, who are also in uh, in Group A, or the Russian Tennis Federation, I should say, are not weakened at all? Is this a a full strength Russian team, which you know is is a sight to behold, quite frankly, when you see those names all alongside one another? Yeah, that's right. Daniil Medvedev, Andrei Rublev, Aslan Karatsev, and then in the fourth slot, Karen Hachinov. Um, I, I I figured out. Today, he would be number one in 12 of the 18 teams at this event. And as it is, he's the number four for Russia. And it's wow. it's, it's a complete change of role for him because, you know, he was, he was the guy two years ago for Russia because Medvedev didn't play this event. Hachinov was the number one. And yet Karatsev's meteoric rise, Rublev's, you know, steady improvement. He's gone from about 20 in the world to, to top 10. And let's be honest, Hachinov's sort of plateauing, even dropping over the last couple of years has meant that he's now in that fourth position. Um, so, you know, how he how he steps on the court this week, I guess in doubles, but I'm, I'm not sure he'll get a singles slot. And it's it's quite interesting. I think it's maybe easier for him to accept that because he is friends with all these players but I hope he doesn't know I hope that's really motivating for him I don't know I don't know if he's that kind of character I don't get um, that sense really you know I know I think we've talked about it before that sort of lack of fangs with action of has been mm. something we've thought of and I don't think he's in the fourth position thinking god I really want to be number one um but you know maybe maybe he will get a chance and he'll play really well but it's it's an interesting dynamic that that Russian team how do you think of Genny Donskoy feels? He's uh, he's bears, isn't he? Bears on the maracas. <laughs> I mean, hasn't he always been? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's the guy that beat Federer one time. Can I change my prediction? Because I didn't know about him being fourth and being number one equivalent on 12 other teams. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite It's quite some team. That Russian team, look, I mean, maybe maybe Medvedev and Rublev will be on fumes. Who mm. knows? But the fact that they're there, um, and I th- <laughs> says a lot. And I think um, I think the camaraderie among them will will carry them some way. Who plays doubles um, in the team? Well, I mean, well, Rublev and Hashinov mm. had a had a doubles vibe going a couple of years ago, didn't they? They were really successful. Actually, they played Paris together as kind of prep, mm. and I think they reached the final actually there. Um, and you know, they they really got some chemistry going. But um, with the exception of Medvedev, who I don't think I've ever seen play doubles, have we seen Hashinov play doubles? Yeah, maybe da- maybe he's dabbled. Yes, didn't wasn't he successful in mixed at the French? Uh, Karatsev, yes, somewhere. Yeah, Karatsev yes. with Vesnina. Yes, so I hope I hope Donskoy's got some good pom poms. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, so Group B: Canada, Kazakhstan, Sweden. We've touched upon we've touched upon them. Kazakhstan. I mean, Bublik is. I mean, across that group, Bublik is the standout singles player, isn't he? Totally. Yeah. I mean. 
it's hard to predict Bublik always, uh, but <laughs> rankings-wise, he he's head and shoulders above anyone else in that group. Um, Pospisil stepped up for Canada last time, if you remember. He he's he he played most of the matches ahead of Felix Auger-Aliassime, who picked up a bit of an injury, and he won all of them in the group. He beat Isner, he beat Fanini, he beat John Millman. He just played really great tennis for Canada, and you know he's. I think they're really relying on him doing that again. Dankovic said he'll be playing singles and doubles for sure. It's just a question of who who fills in with him. Um, they've got Braden Schnur, they've got Stephen Diaz, they've got Peter Polanski. I mean, who knows? It, I think it could be any one of those. But Pospisil's the guy for Canada. And then Sweden, captained by Robin Söderling. Their main guy is Michael Immer. Um, and we've seen great tennis from him in the past. In fact, I remember against Karen Hakshinov, in fact, at the Australian Open. So, you know, we know what he's capable of, but really it is wide open, that group. I think it's very, very tough to call who's going to come through it. Canada and Sweden kick things off in Madrid tomorrow. They're playing in the afternoon. Friday, it's Spain against Ecuador. And then Saturday, Sunday, it's all happening. Uh, two, Two ties on each day. So Russia will have to play back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. Uh, heading now, David, to Turin, which feels like a familiar thing to say. Yeah, we, we've been there somewhere before, I'm sure of it. <laughs> it's uh, the same, it's the same venue. venue. Right. It, it, mm. it, it, if they've got the all... same colour scheme, I'm going to get a bit... <laughs> <laughs> Playing the same flipping walk-on songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my man on a mission, <laughs> bog off. <laughs> which uh, which group would you like me to discuss? Well, hang on, let me just uh, get the right tab up. D or E, Catherine? I've got so many tabs up here. Right then, let's, well, as promised, let's go alphabetically. Obviously, we've missed out C. Um <laughs> So it's not going brilliantly on the alphabetical front. But let's do what we can and start with D, yeah. which features Australia, Croatia and Hungary. Yeah. And it fits, Catherine, because uh, I've just mentioned how I wanted to change predictions, having heard the Russia team. Well, Croatia have got my vote, partly because I'm married to a Croatian, uh, partly because they're 20 to 1. <laughs> no, totally because you're married to a Croatian. <laughs> yeah, we don't do betting here. Uh, but, but actually, I, I need the points. So I've decided to go... Hail Mary's time uh, with the uh, with the the prediction on Croatia to win and uh, they've got a player, David. I've never heard. Oh yeah, of. believe me, they've got a couple of those. Um, but what they have got, unlike the the all stars of Russia, they're relying on Marin Cilic to do everything, and they're relying on Mektic and Pavic to win the double. So my theory is, it's it's three rubbers every tie, isn't it? So. Cilic will just win all the singles and Mektic and Pavic will win all the doubles and they will win the Davis Cup. <laughs> and Borna Gojo won't have to lift a finger. Yeah, you, you've either got, they've got, the, they've got a choice. They, they can go alternately between Nino Sedarusic, uh, who's, who's currently 242 in the world, or Borna Goyo, who's 276. Oh, I wanted it to be Gojo. Well... Got to got to say it right, Catherine. See, I got I didn't get my Italian right, but I know the Croatian bit. Uh, and he's two hundred and seventy six in the world. Captain of the team is Vedran Martic, who used to coach Goran Ivanisevic in his heyday, and also Marin Cilic more recently. 
But um, yeah, I mean, the, it's a good group, this. It's a really good group because, as you said, Australia is in it and they've got just a team of familiar players. Alex Dimonor, Alexi Popperin, John Millman, Alex Bolt, and John Pierce, obviously a very strong doubles player with Leighton Hewitt as the captain. So that's a that's a strong team, I think. I mean, they've got a few singles options there. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure who will play. Um, would it be Dimonor, do you think, playing doubles alongside Piers? I'm not exactly sure what they'll do there or whether they'll go with Alex Bolt, maybe. Um, but he, he has he, he's played nor, um, doubles with Cameron Norrie this year, hasn't he, Dimonor? Hmm. So hmm. we'll see. Um, but actually, and Hungary have got Martin Fucevic in their team. The other players, I must say, I don't know an awful lot about. 131 in the world is Attila Balash. And then they've got Sombor Pirosh, uh, Fabian Morozen, and Matej Valyush. Uh, and actually, their captain... Sound like winners, David. <laughs> the, Sound like winners. Their captain, it's quite a good story in their history because... Hungary have only ever played Australia once. That was in 1995. And Hungary came back from 2-1 down to win. Uh, it was at home on red clay, but they beat a team that included Mark Philippoussis, uh, a pretty young Philippoussis, and uh, Todd Woodbridge, who was playing the other singles rubber. And they were 2-1 down. They came back to win. And their captain, Gabor Kovash, was part of that team and who got the win. So that was a real upset back in the day. 3-2, they won it. But you would have thought Hungary are the underdogs in that in that group generally. But I think all the way through that, those are good ties. And uh, yeah, you wouldn't be that surprised if if one of those teams ended up getting through to the quarters in second as well. You know, that I could I could imagine them there being some close matches there. David's predicting the most massive week for the Did Marrying Shilich win account. Yeah. Well <laughs> I mean, Davis Cup champion three years ago, wasn't he? And, yeah, uh, emphasis on three years ago. <laughs> he's he's in form though recently. He's been well, playing really well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, that is he's not lower ranked than Karen Hatchinov, isn't he? It's not out of the question that Chilich and Mektich and Pavage between them win the Davis Cup <laughs> just by winning two rubbers a, a, a tie. Would it make a mockery of the format to do it without a second player of? Any note whatsoever. No, just, they just said, tell you what, we, Sorry, won't, we won't bother with that Goyo. one. You can have that one. We'll just win the okay. other two. I mean, I don't know. I think that would be spreading it across three players, right? If they use Chilich and then a doubles team. We've seen we've seen a standout singles player do a lot of heavy lifting in the Davis Cup in the past. Ivan singles Lubicic. and doubles. Yeah. Andy Murray. Tim Emman used to do it, didn't he, back in the day? Okay, well, what about uh, Group E then? United States, Italy and Colombia. And, of course, this is being played in, in Turin. So big deal. Big deal for Italy, led out by, by Yannick Sinner. No Matteo Berrettini, of course. He wasn't... I'm right that he was intending to play before mm. this uh, before this abdominal injury he sustained last week. So, oh, not a good couple of weeks for Matteo Berrettini. Yeah, no, it's 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 not has it, and and actually, even so, Italy is still strong. It's quite interesting. You, you, it shows just what a good team they are. Matt's actually pitched picked Italy to to win this thing, um, and when you look at their their team, listen to this: Yannick Sinner, Lorenzo Sonigo, Fabio Fanini, Lorenzo Massetti, and Simone Bolelli. 
And that's still strong, even when you take Berrettini out. I mean, I do feel for Berrettini. He would have, he would have loved it, wouldn't he? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, they, they are solid. Uh, they've got Filippo Volandri as their uh, captain. But again, this is this is another interesting group between Italy and the United States. Uh, Colombia is the third team. They they look well underpowered. I mean, they've got Cabal and Farah in the doubles, but singles-wise, I think they're going to struggle to compete. But the US have brought a strong team. They've got John Isner, Riley Opelka, Francis Tiafo, and then how about this for a doubles team? Jack Sock and Rajiv Ram. I mean, that is that's a solid doubles team that's, with Marty Fisher as the captain. So they're good. They're good teams. That's Rajiv Ram making his Davis Cup debut, I believe, yeah. at the age of 37. <laughs> Amazing. Such a cool story, that. Mm. And, and Jack Sock doing things. Mm. Hey, what do, you think, what do you think about that? Who do you think will come through? Do you think... What do you Italy. think, Catherine? Do you think that will be... I mean, Matt's obviously gone for Italy to win the whole thing. Do you, would you well, take Italy over the US or not? Can I just say that... Yeah. It, you know, obviously Russia, but for the Italy, purposes of the Italy, newsletter, Italy. <laughs> Italy in Italy. Yeah, I mean, seeing the way Yannick Sinner responded to, to playing in front of that crowd last week, he was, he was a different guy, really. Um, brought something new out of him. If he can carry that over... Um, I, I think I think Italy. I think it could be a big week for Lorenzo Musetti if he gets the opportunity to play singles. He's had a he's had a pretty torrid second half of the year since he retired for the fans at the uh, <laughs> at the French Open against Djokovic. He doesn't seem so good on faster surfaces at the moment. No, does he? and it is. I don't think you'll get the chance. So, so I don't know what the surface really is like in Madrid and uh, Innsbruck, but I do know the surface in Turin. Assuming it's the same. Well, and Matt might have an update there. Well, it's the same court, but what they have done is put a layer of green paint on it for Davis Cup colours, so that has slowed it down. And they've also changed the ball. Okay. So they're ah, so they're so it might not be quite as lightning quick. So we're expecting it to be a bit slower in Turin. Interesting. Um, I mean, I think Sonnego. Well, I mean, could that's be... to that's to the detriment of Apelka and, and Isner, isn't it? You'd have to say mm. so. Um. Although, yeah, I, 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 I think Italy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Apelka and Isner don't mind the slow or slightly slower court. Actually, they, they get a bit more time on the ball on the return and mm. on their ground strokes, and they can still hit big serves. Obviously, so I do think I do think Italy USA is one of the standout group matches uh, yeah. completely that's mm. that 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 feels tight doesn't it because the us are going to bring it aren't they and they're going to be really up and about on the bench you can just imagine how loud it's going to mm. be they're going to love that but i also i really hope we see that same yannick mm. sinner as last week that was it was it was a bit of a revelation really actually i mean i really like yannick sinner's tennis but in terms of his personality on court i found him hard to hard to engage with but i just Saw a completely different animal last week. Quite interested to see whether he's able to play with with the shackles off the way he was in that environment. I mean, there was nothing. There was no pressure, really, was there? He he was he was kind of just drafted in, and he could just go and have a go, swing, and the crowd mm. loved him. Suddenly, now he's the number one player, and the nation is relying on him to 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 bring it home. Really, that. That's going to be interesting to see how he copes mm-hmm. with that. I don't think I've seen I haven't seen him in an environment like that before. 
No, well, I mean, everything's new for him, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I agree. That'll be really interesting. Um, Innsbruck now is our third destination, um, which will be without fans, I believe, because the country has has uh, has just gone into a lockdown, obviously un- unfortunate timing, but, you know, we're still in this pandemic and these things will happen. Um, so we have Group C... <laughs> We, we digress to Group C, which features France, Great Britain and the Czech Republic. Now, Great Britain has a a full-strength team. I know you could make a strong case for, for Andy Murray being in it, but ranking-wise, Cam Norrie and Dan Evans get in way ahead of him. Um, and then you've got Liam Brody in the team as well and Joe Salisbury and Neil Skubsky on the doubles front. Joe Salisbury, who uh, in practice today was wearing a shirt which said on the back, be nice to me, and on the front, I'm new. Uh, because it's Davis Cup debut for him, yeah. age 29. <laughs> the, I mean, it's not, nothing compared to Rajiv Ram, no. his, his partner, of course. But Nice touch, though. And actually, it's pretty mm. cool that both of those two get their chance in this. I mean, they're, they are proper high-pedigree players, and I'm, I'm amazed that they've never played in it before. Um, and I, I suspect that they will really relish it. I mean, I suppose there are question marks over Joe Sills because of his back that we saw the other week, the other day. Mm. But um, yeah, that's it's a strong team, isn't it, Britain? Uh, on paper, it, I don't, it doesn't strike me as a winning team. As it, I, but I think that they could come, they should come through the group. Um, I think it'll be interesting. But I, I would back them to come through the group. Yes, I think I would too. Very concerned about the profile photo of Dan Evans on the Davis Cup Finals website um, in which he has a a worrying moustache. Um, I don't know how recent it is, but equally I can't remember a, t- a time in in the recent past where he's had a terrible moustache. So maybe he's doing November. Seem... Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, okay. Well, if it's for charity, fine. <laughs> It better be for charity. Is is it a mug shot or is it a an action shot? Yeah, no, it's a mug shot, and he's doing a sort of smirk. Oh, okay, maybe it is. I think maybe it's November then. Okay, well, well done, Dan. Yeah. I hope you're raising lots of money because it looks not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> give money to Dan; he's making himself look silly <laughs> for charity. Um, the the French team's an interesting one. Um, their top-ranked player is Artur Rinderknech. Knech. Knech. No, it's a net. It? It's a shush. Oh. It's definitely a shush at the end. Rinderknech. I very nearly Rinder picked Knech, them. That's it. I very nearly picked them to win the whole thing just because it's the only way I could topple you in the points, Catherine. And then I looked who was playing for them, and I thought, "Don't be silly." <laughs> Does that mean? Hang on, they can't be the. They can't be the longest odds. No, but they were the longest ones that had even the remotest chance of winning. <laughs> okay, because of Herbert and Mayu? Correct. And Manorino's in there, isn't he? Manorino's in there. Gasquet. Mm. Um, but yeah, I the top-ranked singles player is Rinder Kanesh. I just get a bad vibe from France as a nation, really, about the Davis Cup at the moment and the Billie Jean King Cup. I mean, they competed well in Prague, that team, but they've been the most outspoken nation of not liking the new format. And I just don't mm, think yeah. they really embrace it. There's, there is a bit of, oh, they've changed it. It's not what it was. 
we had multiple finals in Lille in front of an amazing crowd. And, you know, look, I'm sure the players will compete hard for France, but, you know, in Innsbruck with no fans in particular, it's it's going to feel mm. really tough. And I don't know, it's just just the sort of vibe I get from from France. The other team in that group is Yuri Vergely, uh leading out the Czech Republic team of three other players that I have never heard of, all three. Any any takers for Thomas Macak, Zdenek Kolar, and Yuri Lehetka? I'm back in Great Britain to come through that group. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Group C in Innsbruck. In Innsbruck, also in Innsbruck, we have Group F. Back on back on track <laughs> with the uh, alphabetical vibe. Um, yeah, so Serbia, I, I guess, are the favourites to come through Group F here. Novak Djokovic has made his attention intentions very clear, hasn't he, to atone atone for what happened two years ago, which was ultimate heartbreak really I mean those those words of Viktor Troitsky will will continue to live with me I think that was a an iconic Davis Cup moment even though it was a sad negative one it's you know that strength of emotion isn't it which carries so much of this competition yeah to me that that is maybe as significant a memory from two years ago as Spain winning because of just how flawed they all were how devastated they were in that press conference the look in the eye of Djokovic on the court suddenly realizing that he just couldn't carry them on his own if they weren't able to do their bit and and the frustration that 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 gave him it, it yeah that that does come flooding back and actually ended up sort of uh, fueling their run to the ATP Cup a couple of months later, doesn't it? Because he, they kind of, it's not the same, but they they had a moment at least out on a court with Serbian flags flying in Australia. That was, but yeah, two years on, I agree. I mean, I th- you can understand why they're, why they're back and why they're back out in force. Victor Troitsky, now the captain, of course. I feel like that's mm. actually a more comfortable position than being mm. being on that doubles court with Novak Djokovic and f- feeling it all slip away and like it was all on his shoulders and having Djokovic sort of stare at him, slash be really supportive, slash be really angry. It was, it was a cocktail <laughs> of emotions. They, uh, they've got Kitsmanovic, Lajevic and Krajinovic also in that team who can all hold their own in the singles. They're obviously, you know, not a patch on Novak Djokovic, but those are decent singles players. Nikola Kacic as well, um, who I think is a a doubles specialist. So Serbia surely favourites to come through that group. Germany are led by Janenad Struff. There's no Alexander Zverev. Um, They've got two very good doubles players in Tim Puetz, who won the Paris title a couple of weeks ago alongside Michael Venus and I was really impressed with him he's a stylish player uh, they've got Kevin Kravitz as well um, who's won the French Open uh, in doubles and then they've got Dominic Kupfer and Peter Goyovchik so they're not you know that's not a shabby team but they obviously don't have the there's depth there but they don't have the standout player that Serbia have obviously in Novak Djokovic and then uh, Austria playing at home gutting for them 
to be playing without fans. Absolutely gutting. Um, but they, uh, yeah, look, they're they're underpowered. They've got uh, Dennis Novak, who's their top-ranked singles player. They've got Gerald Meltzer, who is a younger brother of Jürgen. They've got a Meltzer anyway. He'd better be um, younger. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Jürgen Meltzer made his debut. <laughs> on the tour. I was there. How old does that make me? Um, and they've got Philip Oswald and Oliver Morak, who are who are good um good doubles players. So yeah, it's it's tough for them without Dominic team, isn't it? I mean that's the that's the bottom line. Mm. And and I think in light of what you were talking about on the podcast on Monday, I think the story of of that group, maybe even of, of this tournament, is you know to what depth is Djokovic willing to plunge? You know, to, how dark is the place he's willing to go to to help Serbia lift this title? Obviously, we've we've spoken about the heartache of two years ago. It, I I truly believe this tournament does mean a lot to him, and I think he even said as much, didn't he? In that little gap between the U.S. Open and his return to Paris, he he laid out his goals for the rest of the season, which I think were clinch the year end number one and win the Davis Cup. For Serbia, so I do think we will see a very determined Djokovic, but will we see the most determined Djokovic? Because that might be the one that's required with with the mm. strength of some of these other teams. I, I would think we would personally. I think I don't think he would be there unless he was going to go absolutely hell for leather. I think what will be interesting is if he if he gets disillusioned in any way with his teammates not <laughs> doing their bit, whether whether he... I love that though. I loved seeing that. It happened in ATP Cup as well, didn't it, to Djokovic? Can't remember who he was playing with. I mean, he loves them but all. But I, I love the world number one turning around and going, you're just not, you're not, you're not as good as me. I mean, can't you just do it like <laughs> Why that? Why can't you? Know, I, w- I yeah. would do it just like that. Why can't you just be better? <laughs> he doesn't say this, but this is the vibe he's given yeah. off. Really. Yeah, I love it. What, you mean you can't hit a winner you? with a we've sliding all, backhand? We've all played with a rubbish partner. And felt all of these emotions. I've been the rubbish partner many times as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean it's tough being on the receiving end of it, but you know we've all we've all been there. Um, Serbia play on Friday in Innsbruck against Austria. That's their opener. Uh, Thursday tomorrow, as we record, it kicks off uh, in Innsbruck with France against the Czech Republic in Turin. Uh, Thursday is Croatia against Australia with that USA-Italy tie that we're really looking forward to on Friday afternoon. And then, yeah, over the weekend it all, there's all, there's, there's, it's, it's a, it's a busy old schedule. I'm looking at a sort of a graphic chart showing when the matches are happening and things just go bananas over the weekends. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's graph gra- graphicized. It's not a word, is it? Uh, they're using the flags to to demonstrate who's playing one another, and it's just a bonanza of of flags happening over the weekend. So yeah, tennis tennis is back. It just <laughs> tennis won't is go alive. Away. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Bluenile dot com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Tennis is alive. Yes. Yeah, you're going to be busy, Matt. Yes, this ends on the 5th of December. I mean, that I think that's the latest finish for a tennis season... I can remember. I don't, I don't know whether the, there's been a later one that, that I mean, you can recall. Matt, you're only, a, you, you know, you're showing your youth with that one. I mean. There's a load of players playing a tournament in Abu Dhabi in mid-December, less than two weeks after the Davis Cup finishes, because the that Abu Dhabi exhibition has moved, hasn't it? Mm. To, mm. Which is traditionally, I think, played in that week between Christmas and New Year. It feels like the sort of, the first taste of new season tennis you get. Well, that's moved December to... 16th, Andy Murray's playing yeah. Dominic Team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the tennis season will officially end for 11 days. Mm. Great. Enjoy. That is not even long enough for a proper Maldives holiday. I've been seeing a few of those on Instagram. They've all been on Yeah, fire. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there can't be enough islands in the Maldives for them not all to be bumping into one another. <laughs> They must all, they must, I mean, they must just all be in the same hotels. The last thing you'd want to see is, you know, oh, you know, that I was going to say Dominic Kupfer, but he's, we know he's, <laughs> we know he's at the Davis Cup. I was reaching for around, oh, there's Dennis Shapovalov. Great. Just who I wanted to see on my holiday. Anyway, speaking, um, I don't know what we were speaking <laughs> What are you we segueing into? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there is, uh, there's one bit of news we've had today broken by by Simon Briggs. Big scoop, big scoop for Briggs, David. You congratulated him on it, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, I certainly did uh, acknowledge that that, uh, that he'd got a scoop. Um, or he got big exclusive in 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 the words of the uh, the Telegraph because um, they were saying that so Simon's reporting that they are moving the Davis Cup to Abu Dhabi 
for a five-year period, is what the report says. Um, and uh, you may recall that it was, it was what, three and a half years ago when um, the initial announcement was made that this was going to be a year-end finals as opposed to its traditional format of home and away all the way through four stages and that it would be held in Madrid. And it was bought by Cosmos, who's who's backed by Gerard Piquet, the uh, the footballer, and uh, his marketing group. And obviously, two years ago, Matt was there. We brought podcasts on from the inaugural Davis Cup finals. And this is the second installment, obviously, after, after last year being unable to play it. Now, the ITF have actually responded to the press conferences and the, the speculation and the report, particularly from Simon, that has uh, come out today, and they say speculation about a host for Davis Cup finals is nothing new. The ITF board is reviewing host cities for 2022 together with Cosmos and expect to make a decision by the end of the finals. So, well, yeah, we should we should have confirmation one way or another in a week and a half's time or something like that. Um, but yeah, Simon was was pretty adamant in his piece. He was pretty confident, I think, um, that that was going to happen. And uh, yeah, it's um, it was interesting when I was in Leon Smith's press conference today, the Great Britain Davis Cup captain, and he was actually asked, what, what do you think of this setup? What do you think of the event being held in Madrid? And he, he was... He was generally positive about the experience from two years ago and hopeful that this would go well, gutted about the fact that there was no there were no fans in Innsbruck where Britain are going to play their round robin matches. But, you know, as Matt said, there's gonna be some full houses. I think generally, Matt, you've said that you're you're expecting a bigger turnout generally um at this Davis Cup finals than there was two years ago. And obviously Italy playing in Turin helps and all that sort of thing. And really, that's what Leon said. He said that's what it comes down to. The success of these events, of the Davis Cup generally, historically, is the atmosphere. And I think, I would imagine we all agree with that. I certainly do. To me, the atmosphere is what sets this thing apart. And that's what I care about the most. And Leon was was saying he had heard one or two things at that point. Simon's piece hadn't come out, so we didn't know about this. But I suspect that may be what he was alluding to, and he couldn't be categorically honest to as to whether this was going to happen. But he he made that same point that the players all want to play in an atmosphere, and and I suppose the concern is if you take it to Abu Dhabi, can you can you guarantee an atmosphere? That's certainly one of the points. That's that's a big concern. I'd 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 be doubtful, but. Um, you know that that's my con- one of my first concerns. Yeah, I mean that certainly is one of the concerns about taking it to somewhere like Abu Dhabi. I mean there are sort of tennis concerns, I suppose. You could sort of bracket them up as would there be an atmosphere? Um, how does a home nation play in that event? You know, th- these are sort of the tennis concerns. But I think the much bigger concerns are human rights. To be to be quite honest, I mean. In a week, or in you know, in a week where we've talked a lot and praised the WTA for standing up to China and not just sort of blindly following the money, um, and here we are talking about you know sort of selling out to Abu Dhabi, where homosexuality is illegal, women's rights are horrific. Um, it's it's not just another 
sort of soulless venue, it's it's a very problematic one, I think, if it if it does end up going there. Yeah, that that's my main concern as well. I mean, I know I know we'll get a lot of whataboutery in response to this. You know, it's, it's as soon as you start going down the analysis of countries' human rights records, then you know, no no one's hands are clean, are they? You know, should should tennis have been played in in the US under the Trump administration, you could cast aspersions on the UK's human rights record and some of the things that we've invested in. But yeah, to to borrow a to borrow a a quote from um, a rival podcast, Philippe Auclair on the Guardian Football Weekly, we're all dialing with the devil. We just have to decide on the length of our spoon. Um, and for me, the spoon should not be long enough to extend to places where homosexuality is illegal as as an absolute um and certain um certain rights that aren't afforded aren't afforded to women uh, in Abu Dhabi as well um i, I real i realize there are other you know there are other concerns you know we're all we're all doing a dance yeah there's a whole lot of whataboutery that you can get lost in but i do think homosexuality being illegal ought to be an absolute um so i don't know it's not it's not a done deal um we'll see we will see um what does tomorrow look like for you matt as on the ground davis cup man potentially a lion uh, <laughs> not the I mean brilliant but not the answer I was expecting <laughs> well, I'll as send I said, you some stuff to do then Matt <laughs> <laughs> well as I said with these matches starting at uh, four o'clock in the afternoon there is actually quite a lot of um, free time before that we are expecting the Russian team press conference uh, before the match gets underway they've not been in yet because Daniel Medvedev hadn't arrived he's now here so hopefully get a chance to speak to him. And then, yeah, it's uh, Canada versus Sweden. And David mentioned the the um, attendances that are, that are expected. The, the figure I've heard for that is about 4,000 fans for Canada versus Sweden, which, look, it's not going to be full by any means. This is, this is the Madrid arena, I should say, not the magic box. You know, it is smaller than... than than the magic box. This is where the Madrid Masters was played when it was an indoor tournament in November. Um, but I think 4,000 would be a very good turnout for Canada, Sweden. If all of those arrive, you know, there, mm. there'd be a good noise in there. So let's hope that is the case. You've reminded me, Matt, of a very important other bit of business, which somehow was omitted from our agenda. The uh, Tatler photo shoot that the Medvedevs have done. Oh, yes. <laughs> Daniil and Daria. It's it's racy stuff. <laughs> David doesn't know how to deal with this. He's just thinking, don't come to me, don't come to me. He's done a photo shoot in the Russian issue of Tatler with his wife, Daria. And um, yeah, it's, an, it's a new side of Daniil. It's definitely not corporate Medvedev that you were worried about two years ago, David. It's sort of um, soft porn, Medvedev. <laughs> Which is not a version I was expecting anytime soon or ever. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly behind it uh, just because it isn't corporate Medvedev. 
I like I like the fact that he he put that out there and he knows it will get a reaction and he mm. and he's curious about what it'll be and he's amused at it all. I yeah, think. he knows some people's sensibilities will be offended by the fact that you know there's some leg and there's some you know him touching leg, um, but he doesn't mind that. I think it's great. I think um, yeah, good luck to them. Any comment, Matt? You thinking? Don't come to me. No, I'm just I'm just wondering whether you're gonna make me ask me if I'd ever bad it tomorrow. And Oh, that's a good idea. And how I put that. So, now you've said that. <laughs> yes, please. Great idea, I Matt. think he wants I think he wants to get asked about it, Matt. I think Matt wants to ask it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I definitely want to hear the answer. Do I so. use the word soft who, porn who came in the up- question or not? <laughs> Who came up with the idea for the poses? The one, in particular, the one in the in the back of the limo. I'm particularly interested in. <laughs> anyway, if your interest is piqued, then uh, the photos are available on the internet. I think that is. Uh, I think everybody would be grateful if I wrapped if I wrapped this show, wouldn't they? Uh, not before mentioning Caper. Our lovely mascot for the week, Caper the Cocker Spaniel, named after Cape Cod. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, uh, can I also tell you about the uh, the code that we have for discounted tickets? Ooh. Yes, please. If, uh, if somebody still wants to go to Madrid or Turin, where you can still get tickets for the Davis Cup finals, obviously you can't, unfortunately, in Innsbruck. But yeah, we've got a tennis podcast code, and all you have to do is go to the Davis Cup finals website to the ticketing section and just stick in the word tennis podcast all uppercase. No spaces in it. You get 15% off. That's a great code. Yeah. Just the words tennis podcast. Great. So yeah, do do that. Um other 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 admin. Rogue, Scalzel Mouse or Zeus. This is our last shot at glory for the year. I've gone for Russia. Because I've no need for Hail Marys because I'm sitting pretty at the top. Catherine's just edging a yard at a time towards the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billie Jean is sponsored by Billie Jean King. She's still with my brother, but she's back on Friday. Uh, So her return is eagerly anticipated. Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer. Hello, Chris Albert Lee. You're a top bloke as always. We'll be back with our next tennis podcast on... Sunday. Sunday. After when, the group when, stages. After the group stages, when all sorts of madness will have happened. I mean, looking at that weekend schedule, we're going to be, well, David and I will be fine. I don't know what state we'll find Matt in. <laughs> but if he's if he's having lion, lions, then I'll, I'll stop worrying about him. So we'll be back with our next tennis podcast on Sunday. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Leave us an iTunes review. Hey, definitely subscribe to the newsletter because uh, they'll keep coming and there is good stuff in there. We will speak to you on Sunday. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.